Welcome back to This Week in Film. Happy New Year! And welcome Happy to the New Year, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to the weekly podcast where we get together, we talk about the movies we've seen over the past week, and then uh, and then there's more shows. <laughs> we stop. <laughs> uh, I'm Nick Peronto, joined as always by, he's back to being Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how's it going? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing great. How was your whirlwind trip to the East Coast? Uh, it was pretty awesome. I got to see a lot of people, um, and even uh, the car ride was pretty kick-ass. Uh, thanks once again to uh, Red Handed, the podcast. Can't say enough good things. About oh, you rode that the whole way, huh? Oh my god, I tried to like get myself to listen to other things and just kept going back to it. All right. Well, that's enough about us for the week. <laughs> Um, Matt, what have you seen this week that you're going to discuss? This week, I have seen Blazing Saddles and Ooh. Bird Box. Oh, right. Two great, well, one great movie. I haven't seen the other one. Uh, I have seen two animated films, uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Nice. So, uh, who would like to go first? Uh... Why don't we start with Blazing Saddles? Okay. Because um, I still don't really know what to do with this movie. Um, I think it was 74, I think is the year. Um, sure. It's a Mel Brooks movie um, about race. And <laughs> yeah. it's a Western parody uh, or satire. 74 um, is correct. And... Um, so I so you know clearly this is the first time I've seen this movie. So clearly I'm seeing it way out of its time element. You've never seen um, this movie? I never have. We watch it on the band bus like every year. And I must have not looked up at the screen every single time because oh, there was other than jokes that I've heard people tell me about like a guy punches out a horse and we don't need no stinking badges. Um this was all new to me. Uh, we don't need no stinking badges is an as a joke older than this movie. Oh. Well, yeah. Then I actually did I a bunch of research on that joke to try and figure out where it came from. And all of the research came from one article on Wikipedia. <laughs> so you read an article on Wikipedia. I did a lot of research. Uh that's more than I did. Uh and I didn't realize that the joke was older than that. Um so seeing this movie for the first time in 2018, because this is before the new year. You watched this um, last year, right? Yeah. I I didn't know what to do with a lot of it. Um, there, there were some kind of commentary things here and there that I thought were pretty uh, decent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like there's a moment where the this woman comes to the sheriff okay so this is the plot of the movie um a few folks are going to be hanged and these are black men going to be hanged i don't even remember what for at this point i think for assaulting some uh uh railroad bosses um it's uh, the, the main the main character attacks um like the railroad boss where um, they both get trapped in quicksand, and uh, the one guy gets out of the quicksand and he assaults—I uh, think he assaults Slim Pickens—and uh, 
And then he's going to be hanged for it. Yes. And then um, a guy who's trying to take over some portion of this uh, Western country decides to have uh, the main character be the new sheriff right. and decides that that will be the best way for him to be able to do underhanded things because no one will trust the new sheriff because he's black. And um, so the sheriff does a fine job. That's like the whole movie. And and he befriends Gene Wilder, uh, who is a really good shot, but has retired because he has a shaky hand and pulled a gun on a kid once and no, the kid shot him in the butt. Anyway. Shot him in the ass. Point is. Uh, Bastard shot me in the ass. And people are starting I will, to. I'm not going to stop. Okay. <laughs> people are starting to trust him. And one of the one of the women from the town brings him a pie and says, you know, like, uh, just don't tell anyone I brought this to you. And there are moments like that that I think are decent commentary where it's like, hey, you know, you could be doing a great job. People are still not going to want to be seen uh, appreciating you in public. Uh, but there was, you know, I mean, anytime you hear the the N word being used, it's, it's always going to kind of be uncomfortable uh-huh. and it's a little strange because it, it's been a long time since I've heard that in a comedy. Usually if I'm hearing the N word being used, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Right. Um, so, so there were some jokes where I was like, Oh, that hasn't aged particularly well. I don't think. Um, and I'm going to step out of the whole commentary part for a moment and just say with Mel Brooks humor, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm a Mel Brooks fan. Okay. And I don't know how much of that is because of timing. You know, even the very first Mel Brooks movie I saw, I was already, I think 13 or 14 and the movie must've already been 20 years old. Um, and I just, I don't know. It just doesn't do much for me. Um, my girlfriend pointed out to me specifically like fourth wall breaks. She was like, yeah, I think this was the, making these sorts of fourth wall breaking jokes was kind of new. And I could see where that wouldn't make me laugh at all because I'm so used to them by now. Um, in, you know, contemporary humor that they don't strike me as new. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, when, when it comes to comedy, it's like it either makes you uncomfortable in some way that it's supposed to or it kind of takes you off guard. And I really like humor that can surprise me. So it's just the, a lot of the jokes aren't surprising for me. So I can't enjoy that. But then at the same time, I even try to pretend <laughs> that, I, that I'm not used to it. And you're like, is it funny? If it were, Would it be funny if it were new to me? And I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. So for me, this movie was a confusing experience. Um, I'm certainly not saying it's a bad movie. And I do think uh, the one thing I enjoyed the most were the scenes in which um, I, I guess it's Cleavon Little and Gene Wilder were interacting with each other. Uh-huh. Um, I thought that it's stuff that had Mel Brooks on the screen. I just, I'm like, I, I don't find watching this man funny at all. I never have. Um, and when it's a lot of the town folk and stuff interactions, I don't find them funny. But when it comes to Gene Wilder and Cleavon Little interacting with one another, 
Uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, they're both two really good actors, um, and they had really good chemistry with one another. Uh-huh. So, uh, in terms of that, I could say, yeah, watch this movie. But if you're not finding the humor funny, I'd say just wait out all the scenes that don't have them in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like that's what I what I was doing through a lot of the movies, just waiting for the two of them to be on screen again. Um, so that was my experience with Blazing Saddles. I love Blazing. You've seen it before, so I've I was going to say. Yeah. I've seen it many times. Um, I love it. Um, I think it's it's got biting social commentary. I think it's it's great great slapstick humor it's a good western uh it's it it i feel like it set it accomplishes everything it sets out to do uh which is to turn a western on its head to like point out the hypocrisy of of um especially the times they were living in like the 19 like was it the mid 1970s um and uh and it and it and it and it makes you very uncomfortable watching the movie. Like the, the, the use of the N word is deliberate to make you feel really uncomfortable while watching the movie, but also at the same time to point out how common that kind of language used to be. Um, like, like when the, uh, like I love the sequence when, when Cleavon little is first coming to town and the lookout is the drunk guy. And he's just starts yelling. He's yelling from like the bell tower the sheriff is a nit and then like the bell rings and it like drowns him out and they're like, yes, he's coming near. We know. And they're like all ready to fit the parade for the brand new sheriff. And like, he just keeps saying it over and over again. And when he gets, when the bell rings, the movie makes you say it in your own head. Like the movie makes you complete the slur, which, mm-hmm. which I think is like one of the clever things the movie does is the movie makes you say the slur in your head. And then when he finally gets to town, and and then the townspeople are just saying the N word right to his face because the movie takes place in the, the late eighteen hundreds, and um and uh like the calling somebody that was was I guess day to day, but like they say it as if it was matter of fact. But by the time the townspeople are saying it, you're almost kind of um uh used to it, um. Or, or adjusted to it to the point where you're like, oh, the, this is a hurtful word that I've heard so many times from myself already that when this person says it, it's not as painful. And uh, and then like that scene, that scene you were talking about where the old lady brings them the pie by the window. I think that's fantastic comedy where she's like, thanks so much for everything you're doing, Sheriff. And uh, you'll excuse me for the, the N word stuff. And he's like, of course. And, and like the, the black guy plays the part of a man who's like, yeah, I have to live with all this nonsense. And, uh, and he does it in stride. Yeah. I thought that was actually one of the, one of the best scenes. Yeah. It's great. Uh, do you know, originally, um, the, the, the character that, what's his name? Cleavon, Cleavon Little. Cleavon Little or Cleavon Little. He, I, I've never seen him in anything else. I haven't either. Um, but it was originally supposed to be played by Richard Pryor. And for some reason, Richard Pryor wasn't able to do it, and they got Cleavon Little to do it instead. And I think that it was a terrific casting decision. Oh yeah, or a, a, yeah, a he's casting great move. For the part. Um, Gene he's, Wilder. He's got a charisma that I don't think Richard Pryor has. Yeah, it's uh, Richard Pryor would have brought a totally different energy to it that I don't think would have worked as well. Mm-hmm. I still think it would yeah. have been funny because a lot of the movie, 
a lot of the movie that's funny isn't because of him. It's because of like all the characters around the main character that make the movie funny for me. But um, mm-hmm. but Richard Pryor would have brought a different energy to it that I don't think would have worked as well in the framing. Well, let me ask you a question. Okay. Where do you fall on, in terms of your preferred humor, with, uh, with slapstick stuff? Like, where, do you like the Three Stooges? Do you like, like Laurel and Hardy? I love slapstick. I think it's great. I think it's a lot of fun. I love the Three Stooges. Laurel and Hardy, not so much. Like, I've watched a few Laurel Hard- oh, and Hardy movies. Um, yeah. the last couple of years and I feel like I'm too old for them to like appreciate mm-hmm. them. And I think if I was younger, I would have liked them a little more, but when I watched them, I tried watching them with my son who was three at the time and he was way too young for it. He didn't get it at all. Um, okay. but the three stooges I think are hysterical. Um, so 37, too old, three, too young. It's kind of a broad window. Somewhere narrowing it down. Somewhere in there is yeah. is your uh your Laurel and Hardy audience. Yeah, that's where you want to be. But um okay. but yeah, but like uh like you were saying with Mel Brooks, like I don't think Mel Brooks is a very good actor. I think he's terrible. But um he puts himself in all of his movies, I think, and I think that's part of the gag is that he's in the movies cuz he at the time I think he was like I don't want to say racing against uh, Alfred Hitchcock, but he was. Um, wait, was Alfred Hitchcock in all of his movies, or am I thinking of somebody else? Um, Alfred Hitch- Alfred Hitchcock. I think he did put himself in his movie. Yeah, so I think he did that like as a gag against Alfred Hitchcock, where the filmmakers putting himself in the movie. Um, and so he just gives himself these ridiculous parts where he just does ridiculous things because he's in he's in all of his movies. And um, I don't think he's particularly good in any of them. Like the only other movie that comes to mind is Spaceballs, where he plays Yogurt, which is mm-hmm. a parody of Yoda from Star Wars. And yep. and I don't think he's very funny, but I think Bill Pullman's reactions to him are fantastic, where he's like, Yogurt! And then, you know, like Spaceballs, the merchandise, like all that stuff is funny. It's It's like very aware of itself comedy that really really you have to put yourself in the time period that the film was released in order to appreciate it. Um, because a lot of the jokes and stuff, they don't age particularly well, but at the time they were gold. Um, well, I, I will, I'm inclined to agree about the, some of the things being just, more more accurately time or uh, more working better at the time but i also am i'm just really not a fan of slapstick uh-huh um like i the me laughing at slapstick stuff is so rare i may as well just say i hate slapstick okay um so you i can't don't stand like, the three stooges you don't like the three stooges at all no really okay. and what i saw of laurel and hardy i didn't like abbott and costello are different but i i i don't laugh at their slapstick stuff i would laugh at their play on words and and things like you know who's on first that kind of stuff um who is uh yeah <laughs> exactly um but no, i'm asking yeah who uh but anyway yes point is um 
I yeah, I and and I think I think I have a hard time between the timing and then between and the the combination of slapstick with the sort of like satirical stuff. Um I think I may need my sort of social commentary stuff to be in a different balance with slapstick. Not necessarily not having any of it, uh-huh. but probably if it's going to be a balance of like 60-40, I want 60% of it to be biting um, satire or parody and 40% or less to be just goofy slapstick stuff. Right. So... And, other, and and a lot a lot of this movie was slapstick. So I, I probably can say that for my own part, uh, even if this were time, you know, a different time, I probably would have a hard time with the movie just because I I wouldn't have enjoyed a lot of the jokes. Right. The um the other thing to keep in mind about the movie is that it was made at a time when they said like a movie like that could never be made, which is what they say about movies today. Like they they say. Like, like you'll you'll even hear now, like the first season of Family Guy, like they couldn't make TV like that now, and and it's an example of sure they can. You just need someone brave enough to make the decision to go ahead with their vision and create something like that, something that isn't afraid to cross boundaries, and uh, and make you uncomfortable about laughing at something. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't see. I guess one of the problems I have with that that sort of idea is just because it's doing that doesn't make it good either. Mm-hmm. And and I can definitely, I could take Family Guy specifically and go like from one joke to another. Go here's them doing that well, and here's them just being lazy and offensive. Right. And and sometimes it might be a little bit hard to know which is which. Or which is happening, or they might both be happening, if that's possible. Right. Um, but I, I, I can definitely say that watching this movie, I'm like, uh, there were a few times where I'm like, I'm not sure which one's happening right now. And there are other times where I was like, this is actually really good. Like I said, that moment with the pie. Um, and then there being moments where I'm like, I don't know, that's just not a funny joke. Uh-huh. Like Where it has nothing to do with me being offended or not, but I'm just like, this just doesn't make me laugh. Sure. Especially the slapstick stuff. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be scratching my head on it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting film. It all makes you think, and I think it's very funny. And uh, I'm glad you think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to that... I was actually saying this to my girlfriend when it does, I was using Family Guy as an example. When it does come to some of the jokes, like forget about the social stuff, but just the um, like the fourth wall breaks and things like that. Yeah. Where once it has been done, or once you've seen it done enough, it, it can't really do anything for you because the action of it is the surprise. And like Family Guy has been like that for me, where there were certain jokes that were made in season one and two, where I'm like, oh, I didn't see that coming. The randomness of it would you know, intrigue me or make me laugh. And then after a while, I'm like, all right, I've seen a joke set up and then have them throw something in there. That wasn't what the joke seems to be setting up. They just randomly threw in a different thing. And now that's not new anymore. It's not fresh. Um, And that's not anybody's fault other than that. They would keep making it. I mean, if Mel Brooks were to do this movie again now and have exactly the same jokes in it, I think a lot of people would be like, 
is that supposed to be funny? Like not the yeah, offense. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's what's that's what I think works about the movie is that the jokes work because no one had made them before. Right. And um, it, like like you just said, once someone makes a joke, you can't really make it again, mm-hmm. and expect the same response. Well, I think that's one reason that comedy, when it is used, and when it's already used, is like more aggravating like people can see a drama happen the same way a hundred times and still be enjoying it but if you hear the same joke made that you're like hey wait a minute someone else already made that joke let's stop making jokes about nyquil or flying on an airplane or you know like used things you go like shut up i think that's what makes um like last week when i tried to talk about that movie pop star I uh yeah. like I, I can't I couldn't talk about it for more than a few minutes because it's either either you're in on the joke or you're not like you either like it or you don't like the comedy is very um like like comedy's like a coin you're either on the head side or the tail side and I'm holding a coin in my hand as I said that <laughs> <laughs> like you like com- like there's very little in between when it comes to comedy whereas drama you can you can really like something you can kind of like something or you can hate it or sort of dislike it but whereas comedy is either it's either funny or it's not and something that's funny to one person is not funny to someone else and it makes it very difficult to discuss and then to either even um, uh, express to other people. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell the same joke the same way to one group of people and tell the same joke and get a response, a positive response and tell the same joke to another group of people the same way and get a totally different response. Yeah. And uh, it's like, that's why I have such regard for comedians because they go out every night to tell the same material most of the time and basically throw the dice on how they're going to react to it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they haven't heard it all before. Yeah. But then, but then you end up with like a character, like a, someone who's like a real famous comedian and all anybody wants to do is hear the old material. Yeah. Which is why like someone like like Jerry Seinfeld, how he threw away his whole, um, like he had his album, like it was probably like 20 years ago now, but like his, I'm telling you for the last time album where he said like, this is the last time I'm doing any of this material, which is like all the material that like made up Seinfeld. Yeah. And, uh, and like all of his stand up since then has been just new stuff mm-hmm. and whether it's good or not, uh, doesn't really matter. It's that he threw away all the old stuff. Like, I'm not going to tell you the jokes you already know anymore. Yeah. Comedy's hard. Agreed. Now and I'm that's sad. That's the end of that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, so you saw which animated movie? Spider-Man um, and what was the other one? I saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which you spoke about uh, just a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. And uh, I took my son, uh, who is six, and my daughter, who is three, to go see it. And we all loved it. We loved nice. it. It was wonderful. Um. I really liked it a lot. Uh, it's directed by three different guys. Um, but Is it? Yeah. Um, it's directed by Bob oh, Per and Peter oh, Ramsey. sure that's how you say it. <laughs> and Peter Ramsey and one more credit. <laughs> that's what it said. Okay. Uh, but it was written by Phil Lord. And um, it was produced by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who were the guys that made like 21 and 22 Jump Street 
and were supposed to be the directors of Solo, Star Wars movie, but they got fired because they wanted to make a good movie. And um, this movie tells the story of young Miles Morales, who gets his own Spider-Man powers, and, and the movie goes from there. It is terrific. It is really good. Well, you know, I don't think we did spoilers on the last one. So if we're going to talk about it a little bit, let's uh, yeah. let everyone know we're going to spoil some stuff here. We're going to spoil the movie. And I think we'd both recommend it. seeing it. Absolutely. It's it's really good. Like, it's 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 probably... Uh, it's still pretty fresh in my mind, so I don't really want to rate it, but I, I'm going to have to later in the show. But um, uh, it's definitely the number one or number two Spider-Man movie that was made. Um. And, uh, but I don't think it could exist without all the other Spider-Man movies. That's true. Which, I mean, some of the jokes that actually were the best absolutely couldn't. Right. So, uh, from here on in, it's all spoilers. So, um, like the thing that really locked me into the movie is when, like, I guess the Spider-Man, Jesus Christ, this is tough to talk about. Um, like the, already the main universe that we spend our time in. Is that supposed to be the Tobey Maguire universe? It sure seems like it to me. Cause he does because, the thing where he stops the train and yeah, stops the train. He he's near the window eating with Mary Jane and the car flies through and he's up. So he's upside down doing the kiss, yeah. but that's even slightly different because it's Mary Jane. Who's upside down. Yeah, I, I think there are little variations where you could say, like, well, it's not exactly the same. Right. But I think it's the close jokes kind of work yeah. as though, you know, they work the best if it is. And, yeah, it's close enough that you can go, oh, okay. You know, it, it gives you even a sense of um, when Peter Parker dies that something you're familiar with is dying. Yeah. It's not a new made-up character. It's someone you already knew. I read a brief article um, a little while ago that said that they originally wanted to get Tobey Maguire to be that Spider-Man voice, uh, but for whatever reason, they decided not to go with that. But, uh, yeah, I'd heard that too, and I thought... I would have been... I would. I thought, hmm. that's an interesting choice. That's, that's, that's kind of cool. I, I don't have a problem with that. Um... And so basically the Spider-Man in this universe dies. Miles Morales, who is in this tunnel at the same time, gets bit by a radioactive spider. And this is the part my son thought was the funniest thing is um, the spider bites Miles on his hand. And we get this really intense like look into his bloodstream as like the radioactive spider bite is like going through all of his veins and his arteries and it's like hitting his muscles. And then it cuts back to Miles, and he's like, "Ew, a bug!" And he like just yeah. kind of slaps it away. My mm -hmm. son thought that was so goddamn funny; he was laughing his ass off because he's seen uh, Spider-Man One uh, with Tobey Maguire, where he gets bit by the spider, and he's like sick, and he like runs home, and he's like, he you know, like he goes to bed and all that stuff. Yeah. So. He got the joke. He got the joke that like, oh, this is different. And um, uh, it's just such a good movie. Now, like the people who directed this movie, uh, those three people that I mentioned, Bob, <laughs> Bob. Okay, the three guys. Bob, Peter, and one more. Um, I, I'm interested in seeing. I thought, I thought you were going to try to say his name again. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see what else they have done. Because like the visual style of this movie is amazing. 
it's gorgeous to look at. Like I, like I, I aspire to be a filmmaker in, in any capacity and like the stuff that they were able to put on screen in an animated form is just mind blowing how they were able to get that accomplished. Like how they're able to go from what they were able to cook up in their imagination and then go to their animators and put to make that happen, make that happen. And in such a flowy dynamic, engaging, exciting way is just like this movie needs to be up for so many awards. It's such a visual, like a visual feast of of a film um and then you saw you said that you saw it in 3d and you thought it was amazing um we were not able to see it in 3d it wasn't playing in 3d at the theater behind my house and um it still looked 3d like the stuff that was out of focus had that like you know when you take your 3d glasses off at a movie and everything is blurry yeah like the stuff that wasn't in focus was it looked like that so the movie was like naturally 3d so yeah i've seen i've seen clips of it and um and i would agree that like you know i've seen clips of it in 2d and gone hey that looks the 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 field of was it field of focus depth of field depth of field yeah it's it's really effective yeah um so like you don't need to see it in 3d uh because of that but for anyone who does still have a chance to see it in 3D, I would still say go see it in 3D. It does 3D more than most 3D movies you'd see. Yeah, and part I kinda, of that may be because of that. I kind of want to go see it again in 3D just to experience that because the 2D, the 2D three-dimensional feel of it was so strong sometimes that it was jarring. Um, like something that you're looking at in the in the background is so out of focus, and then like the the foreground, something moves, and you're like, "Oh shit, hi." Um, <laughs> uh, the other thing I, I want to call out is the the voice acting in the movie is so great. Um, the the yeah, guy, it's perfect. The guy who plays Miles Morales, Shamik Moore. Um, I don't know what else he has been in. He was great. Uh, Jake Johnson plays Peter B. Parker, who plays the slightly out of shape Spider-Man that comes to his universe. And he's just terrific. He's so good. Um, uh, the girl who plays Gwen Stacy's good. Uh, Nicholas Cage is hysterical as the Spider-Man noir. The and girl who plays um, Gwen Stacy is Haley Steinfeld. Yes. I don't know what else she's in. She's uh, in Bumblebee. She was in True Grit. She's um, the girl from True Grit? Yeah. The young girl? Yeah. Like the main girl? Yes. The same girl? <laughs> I'm trying to remember True Grit to see if there were more than one girl. No. Um. Wow. Well, now I need to look at her. I am deep. Well, she got, she grew up. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'll rewind now. Okay. Yep, she grew up. And uh uh John Mulaney plays Spider-Ham, which is like the cart like the Looney Tunes universe Spider-Man. Like if Porky mm-hmm. if Porky Pig uh, were to become like Spider-Man, and I love John Mulaney on his own, but John Mulaney in this movie is so spot on with with like the things that he does and says. 
All yeah, right. John Mulaney is he's good as a as a stand up, but he's done a good amount of voiceover stuff. Yeah, uh, or voice acting. He's on Big Mouth yeah. too, and he's 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 rocking it. Yeah, he's and he's got it. such a distinctive voice too that like I'd like to hear him in more characters. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and this movie at the end sets up a sequel like almost right away, and yeah. I can't wait to see all of these characters back together, like. Like I hope they all come back because I'd like to see more of them. I would too, uh, but I would like the multiverse part of the movie, like that. Um, oh, what's the word? That let's just say gimmick for now uh-huh. uh, to really take a backseat to more plot. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I don't have a problem. And with, with that. everything being set up as it was in this movie, I think they could do that easily. And the thing about this movie is that they can just do whatever they want. They set up that it's not the regular Spider-Man universe. Like their Dr. Octopus is a female. It's a, I was going to say a female woman and uh, <laughs> is a, uh, is a female character. And like, she goes by, you know, they still call her Dr. Octopus, but I like the way that her octopus arms look like that was so cool. Like how they, you could tell they're just run hydraulically. I was like, Oh man, that is, that is brilliant. And They're sort of like a like silicone looking, right? Yeah, like silicone with fluid running through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like that the Green Goblin was this giant monster. Um, I like the way Wilson Fisk looked, like he was just this huge monster of a man uh, who was voiced by Liev Schreiber. And then uh, I'm scrolling down. Hang on, for for listeners, that's Kingpin. Yes, the Kingpin. They they might not know the name of the people, so. right? Yeah, Kingpin. He's the main villain in this movie, and he is he looks like a walking house. Yeah. With a head in the middle. But it's really effective. Now, um, you haven't watched the Daredevil series on Netflix, have you? That is true. You I should, saw a couple episodes. You should, I didn't like it. Oh, that's a shame. Because um Um the um Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin is superb. It's so good. And then they bring him back in season two of Daredevil to to like there's like this amazing scene with him and Matt Murdock. Anyway, um, but the the Peter Parker that exists in Miles Morales' uh, universe is played by Chris Pine, and I was like, man, Chris Pine is all over the place as far as roles. Like he is Marvel. Oh, I didn't realize that was DC. Chris Pine. I didn't either till I scrolled down just now in the uh, cast list. Oh wow. And um, like I mean, it's a it's a star-studded cast, and it's a good movie. It's got a clear story. You know what's going on the whole time, and like even if you're a little confused, like the movie just says, "Just come on, we'll, we'll bring you along. We'll bring you along. You'll figure it out." And uh, it's a fun movie. I highly, highly recommend it. I think I like this movie more than uh, Infinity War. Hmm. I might, I might have, you know what? I, I had more fun watching it than Infinity War, so I would, I have to think about that for a moment. But my inclination is to say I agree. Uh, yeah, um, it was a lot Did of fun. You, like I, I kind of wished that there were more alternate universe Spider Mans showing up. Like every Spider Man that shows up, they start with they do like their origin story. 
they do like, all right, you know the story. I got bit by a radioactive spider. And then they then the story like slightly changes a little bit. And you're like, ooh, what's this Spider-Man like? Or what's, yeah. what does this Spider-Man go through? And I know that there was a Spider-Verse comic uh, a couple years ago that I think this is like loosely based on. Um, and... Um, and and it's supposed to be very good, but I haven't read it. And and in my comic books, uh, it's 1975 where I'm at. And uh, <laughs> it'll be a while before you get. There. Yeah, it'll be a long time before I get get to it. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch. And and like like I just said, like I might put it higher than Infinity War. I think Infinity War is a better film, but this movie was more fun. This was a lot of fun to to be a part of, like even even Miles's costume at the end that he gets is really cool, like the one that he paints up, the one that he paints and like his spider logo, how it's like out of like spray paint and stuff, like mm-hmm. it's just it's just cool, like and and that's really all I all I all I have to say about it is it's just a cool movie. I want the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was great. Um, I love the Spider-Man Jingle Bell song that they sing. <laughs> and did you stick around for the very end after the credits? Yes. Where where Spider-Man 2099, 2099 yeah. goes to the 1967 Spider-Man and they have a pointing competition. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I, I, it made me laugh. Um and then I kind of walked away from it going, oh, okay, well, I guess that was uh, the, the joke. I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't much more to it. It's just like, well, look how goofy this, this kind of is with these. Well, because you think it's going to be setting up something huge, like, right, like right. a huge sequel. And they're like, all right, I'm going back. And, and he just goes to 1967, the Spider-Man cartoon. And, and, they just, and they just point at each other with Jonah Jameson yelling in the background. <laughs> You know what it reminds me of, of all the end credits, is the one with Captain America, where he's like the coach. Oh, where he's like, and he's like, sometimes yeah, you, you wait sat for something. here for no reason. Yeah, you, sometimes you wait for something, and sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. How many more of these do I got to do? Yeah, it, it, it was kind of like that for me, where it made me laugh, and I was like, oh, that's it. Yeah. I, like like you said, maybe, like I was waiting for something to get set up, and I'm like, nope. They they just kind of threw in a joke. Yeah, and and it's fun. Yeah, it was fun. Do uh, you do you? I know you said you wanted to wait on like making a real commitment to like where it falls in your ratings, but did you did you like it more than Homecoming? Do you know? Ooh. Um. It's going to be really close because I still think Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man movie and then Homecoming. Oh, God. I'm going to have to th- I'm, I think I'm going to have to give more time for this movie to digest. Fair enough. Meanwhile, We're- in 10 minutes, I have to put it on my list for the whole year. And- yeah, but those other Spider-Man movies aren't on there, so you don't have to worry about That's that. That's true. Did you, by the end of the movie... Um, I don't know if you remember me saying this, but, uh, even though I enjoyed everything about the movie by the end, I was really ready for it to be over. Um, did you feel that way? Yeah. 
Um, it felt really long at the end. At the end, I was like, this needs to be over. Mostly because I was with my kids and I could tell that they were getting done. A little stir crazy. Yeah. And um, especially my daughter who had to sit in my lap the whole time because she couldn't keep the legs on the seat down. And oh. <laughs> so she sat in my lap the whole movie and you could tell she was getting fidgety. But mm-hmm. I mean, the movie is just under two hours long. And it kept their attention for most of the movie. There were a couple of scary parts uh, for my son where he would go, Daddy, I'm scared. Can we go home? And I'm like, no, <laughs> we're, we're not going home. I was the opposite of Bruce Wayne's dad in Batman Begins. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're still and alive. that's why I'm still alive. And, uh, and he's like, oh, I'm scared. And I'm like, this part isn't scary. He's just sad. And I went, oh, and he went, oh, okay. And then there were like some other parts where he's like, I'm scared. And I'm like, yeah, this is a little scary for you, huh? I'm going to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> you close your eyes. Yeah. I was like, why don't you just, scary. just hide your eyes. And then he, but he didn't, he watched the whole thing. He just, he just wants the attention sometimes of I'm like, I'm not going to leave. We spent money to get in here. <laughs> yeah. Movies can be pretty expensive. Yeah. You need to find out if you guys have any, uh, $4 Tuesdays anywhere around you. Cause apparently that's not just a local thing. Here. No, yeah, we have a the the theater behind our house has great matinee pricing. Nice. Yeah. Cinemark All movies right. ten in Newport, Delaware. All right, get some of that. Cinemark get some of that money. Cinemark money. Yeah, it's gonna roll in. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Yep. All right. So, what do you think, Bird Box or uh, Teen Titans Go? Let's go with Teen Titans Go because Bird Box is like the hot new the hot new thing that I haven't seen yet. Okay. Uh let's see. Teen Titans Go to the movies uh was wonderful. It was great. It was it's easily the best DC comics movie that they have made yet. It it's better than Wonder Woman. Uh it's Wait, are you including the Nolan movies? No. Okay. Hello? Yeah. It sounds like you just dropped your phone. Um, no, I'm not including the, the Christopher Nolan movies because those are films and everything they've put out since then has been movies. Gotcha. Um, and uh, basically, have you watched any of the Teen Titans Go TV show? I never have. Yeah. I mean, it's for kids. Uh, the movie's directed by Aaron Horvath and Peter Rita McKyle. Um, th- those names mean nothing to me, but, um, uh, the TV show is cute and it's, it's fun. And it basically stars Robin, Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, and Cyborg. And they, okay. they make up the Teen Titans and they live in some city where they live inside a giant letter T and the movie's very, or the TV show is very self-aware and it's, it's basically just a comedy kids show. Um, my son likes it. I've seen a few episodes here and there and I like it. Like it's, it's cute. And this movie is much the same way. It's, it's cute and it's fun, but all it is, is a send up of all of the DC comics movies that they've put out so far. And there it's like joke after joke after joke. And, um, I'll, I'll spoil one joke because I think it might've been my favorite joke of the whole movie is that, um, the, the, the premise of the movie is that all of DC's superheroes, 
they all exist and they're all getting movie deals. And those are the movies that you're seeing in the theaters. And so they're in the middle of making Batman versus Superman two. And I forget the subtitle, but it wasn't Dawn of movie. And, uh, and um, the, the, the scene has Batman and Superman, Superman who is voiced by uh, Nicholas Cage again, uh-huh. Um, which is a throwback to when Nicolas Cage was actually cast as Superman and Tim Burton's under unproduced Superman movie. If you're unfamiliar with that, there's a documentary called whatever happened to Superman lives, I think is what it's called. Uh, it's a good documentary about a film that was never made. Uh, but you see like this footage of Nick Cage in this Superman costume. That's ridiculous. And it's Superman with the mullet. Anyway. Oh, my. Yeah. Anyway, back to this movie. Uh, so Nicolas Cage plays Superman. I forget who plays Batman. Maybe I can find it real quick here in this list. But Batman doesn't really have that many lines. Um, and it's not here. Um, but uh, so Superman and Batman are fighting each other. And Batman goes, just answer me one question. What's your mother's name? And Superman goes, Martha. And Batman goes, that's my mom's name, too. And they start crying and hugging each other. And then Batman goes, wait a minute. What's your father's name? And Superman says, Jonathan. And Batman goes, my father's name is Thomas. And he starts punching Superman in the face. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. It's, it's really funny. And it's a lot of jokes like that. They're, like, really obvious, like hit them over your head kind of jokes, but it's really funny and it's a lot of fun to watch. It's like 90 minutes long. If that, and, um, and it's great. It's great. That's, that's really all I want to, all I have to say about it. It's a lot of fun. If you've got kids, it's perfectly appropriate for kids. Um, a lot of, a lot of the jokes are made for you and me instead gotcha. of the kids. Yeah. Um, Wonder Woman at one point is just floating in her invisible jet. Like it's just a jet sitting in the sky and she's like, hello, I'm here too. <laughs> mm. They reference the, the green lantern movie and they're like, yeah, we don't talk about that, which is, I think it was funny because in the Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Verse movie, they reference the, uh, the dancing Spider-Man. Oh Spider-Man yeah. 3. All that terrible stuff from Spider-Man three. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, but it's it's good. It's really funny. Um, they they um, like Robin. The character Robin is like the main character of the show. Yeah, and he wants a movie made about him. He's like, well, where's my movie? And they're like, we don't make movies about sidekicks. And he, and he's like, well, maybe they do. So they sneak into this theater for the new Batman movie. And in the Batman movie, they show these trailers. And the first trailer they show is for like next summer. It's Batman's best friend. And Robin's like, oh, it's me. Finally, a movie about me. And it's a movie about the Batmobile. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then. I thought it was going to be Alfred. Well, that's the movie that comes out next next summer. Is It's like Batman's best friend. And it's Alfred. <laughs> it's just him cleaning Wayne Manor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. It's 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 a lot of fun. It's not. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, finish your thought. I was gonna say. I mean, it's not like the best movie in the world. It's not the funniest movie, but like it had me cracking up the whole time. 
especially like living in this superhero movie climate that we uh yeah currently yeah, exist in drowning in them um yeah i was i was going to say there's some other titan thing that exists right now yeah I think it's a TV show, but there's a moment where Robin's like, fuck Batman. Right. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, what is that? And have you seen it? Uh, I haven't seen the show. It's only on DC's streaming service. Uh, oh, it's okay. a show called Titans and I haven't seen it and I don't want to pay for DC's streaming service. So yeah, I won't does. see it. Why do they have a streaming service? To get you to watch Titans. They have some other shows that are going to be coming out in the next couple months, years. But um, Does that give you like a catalog to all their old stuff too? I don't know. I really don't know. Huh. Well, but, listeners, uh, feel free to tell us. Let's, uh, let's take a look at the IMDb for the TV show Titans and see if it's worth checking out. IMDb Titans. Yeah. Autocomplete. Clicking the button. How's it going to tell you whether it's worth seeing or not? I I consider anything with a rating above 7.0 worth seeing. Now that could be, it could be wrong or not. Aquaman get a 7.6? Yep. That's why that movie is uh, so confusing. Uh Ah, this show, Teen Titans, has an 8.3. Oh, wow. But you got to keep in mind that that rating is by the people who have paid to see it. That's a good point. That is a solid point there. Yeah. And uh, while we were briefly mentioning Aquaman, um, <laughs> I, I heard a review in which uh, I heard that movie rather heavily or strongly defended. And uh, they said uh, that, you know, it's supposed to be hokey and, and it's supposed to be over the top. And I will admit that during the first 30 minutes or so where we were like watching all the stuff go down on the submarine Mm -hmm. and I said it would have been a good parody if it had been a parody, that's where the opportunity was for that. Yeah. I mean, we were laughing at the movie, but we could have been laughing with the movie if it had continued to be over the top and self-referential. Yeah. And in the p- review I heard, they spoke about it as if it was, and I just want to say I disagree. Yeah, <laughs> I no, think I... Uh... Maybe it could have been if it had been done well, but it was not. Yeah, And no, I was I mean, bored for two like hours. I said in our review last week that the, that the way that Aquaman walks around in the beginning of the movies, he's like flipping his hair around like he was the Undertaker. If he was more like that through the whole movie... Like if the movie was just like more greasy, more, more, more anything, like if it had one continuous vision of what a kind of a movie it wanted to be, I think it would have been a better movie. Instead, it's just trying to be, it's just trying to appeal to all people. Yes. And it doesn't, yes. it doesn't like, uh, yeah. like I've seen, I've talked to a couple people who have seen it and they're like, I liked it. And I'm like, I don't know how. <laughs> yeah it's it's hard to imagine um i mean people but, you know I people just, can like things throw but, that out there but i did not I guess care I for g- it yeah i guess there's a possibility that people will enjoy it from that angle but i, I, I gotta say i even i even went into it hoping to like it i was like uh i've yeah, heard some did. good things like i'm like this could this could be really good nope yeah and i went in not hoping for anything at all. I just went in expecting to hate it. I didn't want to hate it. I even kind of checked in with myself on that beforehand. I forced you to um, see it. 
And I I just expected it to be bad and and it was. But Yeah. Yeah, uh, for those for those folks out there who are looking for a parody and might hear things like that, there's a possibility apparently that you could experience it that way, but I would not go in expecting a good parody. Like no no you're still risking your I don't know, seven to thirteen dollars, depending on what you I pay. think the idea of calling it a parody of superhero movies like means you don't understand what a parody is. I'm I'm inclined to agree. Like I mean, like it's as generic a superman or a superhero story as you can get almost. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It was colorful and there's some really good action sequences, but overall boring. You know, actually, speaking of the colors, I'm going to say something about that. Um, throughout a lot of the movie, I felt like, and I don't know if you felt the same way or not, but I felt like their way of trying to show that it was underwater was to like put some sort of milky, like diffusing milkiness all over the the edges of the screen and like around people's faces and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just took what could have been vibrant colors and made them kind of pastel and washed out, in my opinion. Hmm. I feel like the movie's in a tough spot where where it's like this movie is supposed to take place underwater, but we can't we can't seriously film underwater. So we're gonna have to do this all in post. And like, you know, I don't think they did a very good job doing it. Now uh, in contrast, what I would like to see is the Namor movie from Marvel. Marvel Namor is Marvel's Aquaman. And um because they all have the same thing for everybody. Um I'd like to see how Marvel would do the underwater superhero compared to DC because Marvel's got a track record of doing it right. And um I would like to see how they would do it because I don't really know how uh, they could shoot the Aquaman movie better. Like, uh, like I think they did the best that they could. Um, it's just the story that doesn't work. And um, I think that would be interesting to see, but I don't think we're ever going to get a Namor movie because that would be terrible. I hate the character Namor. <laughs> <laughs> right now in 1975, well- he wears a leather jacket with wings underwater. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Aquaman's wearing scale mail. That would be. Uh, it looks uh, cool. I guess though. things are scaly. That still works. Fair enough. They make fun of Aquaman a lot in the Teen. Begin bringing us back to Teen Titans Go. <laughs> they make fun of Aquaman a lot. But he's like the 1960s Aquaman where he's got like blonde hair and he like talks to fish. I will check out Teen Titans Go. So then that brings us to your movie, which I have not seen yet. Uh, What's it called? Bird Box. Bird Box. Yes. It it stars Sandra Bullock, and it is a Netflix original movie based on a novel. Um, And I've heard from my sister, who has similar tastes to me, um, that the book is really good. Uh, And... I, having known what she shared with me about the book, I was able to fill in some things in the movie for myself um, that if I didn't know, I feel like I would walk away from it going, I just watched The Happening again, but with better actors. 
Really? The Happening being an M. Night Shyamalan movie where trees kill people. I think we all saw The Happening in grade school like we're supposed to. <laughs> well, you got to get educated. Right. Um, That's the movie so, where trees tell you to kill yourself. Yeah. Uh, and in this movie, it's whatever it is. Now, I happen to know what it is that's doing it because my sister told me. Uh-huh. And don't, I don't know. Don't spoil it because we, okay. we might see it tonight, actually. So I won't fill in anything about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'll leave that as that. Okay. Um, what a teaser. Uh, yeah. So what I will say is that throughout the movie, there's a, there are a whole lot of incongruencies. Like, it's it's one of those things where you're trying to figure out the rules of how things work as you go. Uh-huh. You don't necessarily need to, but if you're trying to, you're going to go, well, I don't understand because it's never it's, – it's very incongruent. And I would say it's so incongruent that I wasn't even trying to figure this stuff out, and I was going, geez, this is just not adding up. Um, there are a lot of references to, like, creatures or monsters. I think they call them creatures – and in some scenes, these creatures seem to be everywhere. Like, uh, the, the conceit of this movie is that the people have to keep their eyes covered or keep them closed. And if they open their eyes, something, that's our mystery box, happens, and they kill themselves. Oh. So... Throughout this movie, you're watching those things happen here and there. And for most of the movie, it's like, it's it's almost as if the, they're everywhere. And anyone who opens their eyes is immediately going to die. But it gets really inconsistent in different parts. Um, and they're really, without having a sister who tells you what's going on, or without having read the book yourself... I don't know. It'll, I'll be interested in seeing if you can figure out exactly what's happening, like how these creatures do this to people. Okay. Um, so, other than that, there are some unnecessary monologues. Um, John Malkovich is in this movie, too, by the way. Oh, well, that's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's cool. The acting in it was... Mostly good. Uh, Sandra Bullock's great. Um, she uh, she she's fine. Her character plays someone who's kind of like jaded in a way, um, and she's also pregnant. Uh, and um, I think those are the only names I recognize. Her and John Malkovich. John Malkovich is just an asshole. Mm-hmm. He's like a grouchy old asshole. Um, oh, not like and, a floating butt. No, 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 not like that. <laughs> it's not a house shark where you can just have a butthole on your finger. Um, Does that happen, house shark? Yeah, yeah, that happens in house shark. I have erased most of that movie. <laughs> you got to go back and watch it again. No. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so this, uh, it, it's not a great movie. Um, I do think it's worth seeing, though. So I'm not going to not recommend it. Um, and I'm not sure there's much more me- for me to tell you about it. I, I mean, she's, you're, you're watching Sandra Bullock in t- kind of two different, it, it sort of tells you the current timeline and then how things got 
to where they are uh-huh. by jumping back and forth. So right. you're getting things in a pretty decent pace in that in those terms. There's some really really beautiful uh, cinematography. Really? Uh, so yeah, there's some really great shots. Okay. Um, and the use of kind of muted colors and then saturated colors is pretty cool. Um, so, you know, I would say set your expectations kind of middle of the road. It, it kind of feels a bit like, um, if you ever saw the, uh, Stephen King movie, the fog or the mist, oh, dang it. Which one is, it? you know, Thomas I've Jane never, in it? I've never seen the mist. I read the book and loved it or the um, short story. Well, and it's I worth hear, checking out. I hear The too. Mist is is great if you go into it expecting a B movie, like cause that's what they were trying to make. Yeah, if you're going in expecting a Stephen King movie, <laughs> you know, then yeah. you'll be satisfied. And and this has a similar feel in some spots. Um, so yeah, it's it's a mild recommend for me, and I'm not quite sure where it's going on my list just yet, but I'm sure we're gonna get there in a few minutes. Uh-huh. So yeah, so that's a. Uh, Oh, you know that's what? It. That reminds me is you you mentioned Stephen King and I thought about that new um <clears throat> Pet Cemetery movie which reminded me that I went to the movies and I had a preview corner. But it was all the, the oh, movies right. it's all the movies you've already talked about. I think I had the same trailers before my my uh Spider-Man that that you did. Uh Secret Life of Pets 2, I got nothing to add. How to Train Your Dragon 3 looks like the other ones looks fun. Like my son will enjoy it. Lego movie two. I want to see the dog's way home. I feel like I saw the whole movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like the last part of that trailer is the guy going, I can't believe you made it home. And I'm like, I can't believe you just told me how the movie ends the end. Um, and then uh, the Coca-Cola commercial we saw was the one that we saw with, where they finished the sentences for each other. Like oh, right. this bed feels like a comfortable piece of pepperoni. So uh preview yes. preview corner brought to you by the big ticket. That was a quick one. Yeah. Uh, nothing new. Um preview corner quickie. Um I did have one last thing I wanted to talk about about Teen Titans yeah. Go, and it's the same sequence where Batman and Superman have their exchange with each other. Um, because they're they're on a soundstage shooting the movie, and they're both in their very colorful costumes. And the scene is very colorful. And then it cuts to the film and it sucks all the color out of it. It's like very, oh God, some horrible sound is happening. Oh no. What is that? What is that horrible sound? It's just on your end. Is it? Yeah. I'm sorry, Batman. I didn't mean to talk badly about you. All right, it went away. All I had to do was apologize to the Batman. Um... But yeah, it sucks away the, all the color and saturation, and then they do the, uh, what's your mother's name? I thought that was very, very funny. Uh, so uh, after that horrible sound that I just had to experience, let's get to our movie ranking list. Yeah. Matt, would you like to go first? Sure will. Uh, so I'm going to put Blazing Saddles in between Fantastic Beasts 2 and House Shark. Oh, Okay. All right, let's see. Blazing. Oh, I spelled that wrong. Thanks, autocorrect. <laughs> Saddles. Week. Yeah. 96. All right. And and I feel a little bit bad about that one because the commentary, you know, being 
uh, some pretty good commentary in there. Just uh, not a funny movie for me. Well, you know what? Right, you know what will probably be interesting for for you, like a journey that yeah. you're going to go on, is that you're probably going to see it again in the future, maybe, and mm-hmm. you'll probably like it a little more. Maybe. I, I but see, you know, I still. No matter where, you know, some of the jokes and how they hit me when it has to do with the, the like, political stuff, no matter how that changes for me, there's still going to be 75% of the movie that's just slapstick and obnoxious jokes. Right, that's true. And things that are just old at this point that it's not the movie's fault for Uh that I can't see changing for me. Sure, yeah. Like, I mean, like, I watched uh, Spaceballs, and I didn't enjoy that. And that was anything like political or whatever either i was just like these jokes are not funny to me right so i don't i don't know but i'll, I'll give it a try some other time and see see what it is like mm-hmm. um and i'm gonna squeeze bird box in between harry potter and the chamber of secrets and fantastic beasts too really okay bird box Man, I really want to reorder these Harry Potter movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the middle of your list is getting really crowded, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um uh, all right, I'll hit the check mark and then we'll go to mine, Nick's movie ranking list, and I saw Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And where do I want to put this? Christ. Is that going all the way to the top? Uh, no, it's not better than Apollo 13. But is it better than the Goonies? Oh, God. Let's start with Teen Titans Go to the movies. <laughs> I'm going to put that just below Popstar and above In the Mouth of Madness. Come on. Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Week 96. All right. Well, back to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. That didn't buy me any time. Not really. Um, oh, God. It's better than Predator, but is it better than Infinity War? You just said it was, like, three times. Yeah. I'm going to have to put it... <laughs> uh, is it better than the Goonies? Is it? What do you think? Do you like Spider-Verse better than the Goonies? Uh, you know, if the Goonies were to come out now, I would say absolutely Spider-Man's better. If the Goonies Um, were to come out now, I would hate it. (laughs) Like watching that movie as an adult is almost painful. Like you have to revert to like a 12 year old while you're watching it. Well, and you've made it clear that trying to put this list together isn't just based on what you think is better than the other, but also like what the experience is like for you, which one you enjoy more. Right. And kind of you're, you can grade them by different criteria. It's true. So given the context and the nostalgia and stuff of the Goonies, I think we can both agree that if it were to come out now, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse would be a lot better. But it seems like you're having to contest a bit the artistry and the creativity and the fun of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. with the nostalgia and the sort of child fun that you had with Goonies. Right. So I think it's a, it's a, the bit of a question is, which one do you weigh more than the other? Which one do you give more? 
which movie am I going to want to watch 10 more times? Oh, I'm going to have to put Spider-Verse below Infinity War, but above Predator. I am uncomfortable with this Boy, decision. I do not like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Now, how are you putting it under Infinity War when you already said in the other conversation? I, like, Two or three times that you liked it more than Infinity War. I I don't know, but I've seen Infinity War twice now, and I know I really like it. Whereas I've only seen Spider Verse once. <laughs> That's interesting. So, like in the future, it may rise, but it hasn't earned it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, new movies. Yeah, earning your places on the list. Yeah. All right. Well, that means that brings me to 17 total movies on my list with Apollo 13 still being the greatest movie ever made and Mrs. Claus being the worst. And going back to yours, LA Confidential still number 1 for you and Aquaman sitting at the bottom. Yep. All right. And I'm hesitant to say it's going to stay there cuz it seems like I can keep seeing worse things. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think, I bet Aquaman in 10 years, it will be like your Jurassic Park 3, where you just have it on in the background. No, not going to happen, and I'll tell you why. One of the things I love so much about Jurassic Park 3, cool 90 minutes. Oh, that's true. That is true. Aquaman is two hours and 22 minutes. Aquaman's going to be my lost world. Yeah, where you never watch it again. Yep. That's a good point. I forgot how long it is. Forgot how long it is while it was on. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the show. Matt, anything to plug? Uh, I have nothing this time around. All right. Uh, if you want to check out our website, thisweekinfilm.com, I finally updated it. There's nothing really new on it, but you can see the posts for all our different weeks up until this this week. Um. So if, if you're having trouble interacting with us on social media, you can always contact us there. Uh, so this week in film.com, we also added a tier on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash this week in film podcast, where you can sponsor a corner, like how the big ticket for the next few weeks, cause it's $5 a week. I'm not sure I make that clear in the, uh, a week or a month. I'm not sure. I'm not, I, I should probably make it clear. We'll look into it. I don't think anybody's going to go this week. Um, <laughs> I think most Patreon things do monthly charges. Monthly? Okay. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll iron it. We'll iron it out as a group. Um, but if you want to sponsor a corner, uh, like for instance, we, we've been, we have Area X Corner, Preview Corner, and uh, if there's a, a, a movie series that you want us to focus on for a month, we would be happy to take your money. And uh, so uh, check us out. Uh, if there's something that you would uh, like us to do, for instance, perhaps you want to hear me talk about comic books once a month. <laughs> uh, I'd be happy to because I've been reading all of Marvel Comics from 1961 onward. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's that. And, uh, yeah, and also, you know, we got our 100th episode coming up and it's true. we're taking a look back at things and 
We know what some of our favorite things about the show are, but we don't necessarily know what your favorite parts are. So share us, uh, share with us your, I don't know, favorite memories, or if there's just you know things you happen to like. I know uh, Nick seems to like it when I hate movies, and <laughs> I get a kick out of it sometimes when he does too. So you know maybe you let us into uh, what what entertains you. And we can take that into consideration. Yeah, we'll make the 100th episode about you, the listener. Uh, But other than that, if that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. See you then.